you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? James Coe here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm excited. It's post-draft time now. Thank God. <laughs> no more of these, uh, these mock drafts. We actually get to talk about some real-life results here. Um, listen, man, I'm, I'm also excited because not only do we have the normal cast of characters, we also have the great Mark Sessler in the building as well. Mark, what's going on? How are you? Don't think I've ever appeared on this show before. No, you have not. According to my no, memory, it's, it's no, nice, you it's have nice not. To have you here? I mean, considering I really appreciate your your fantasy takes during <laughs> yeah. when, when you guys do your season preview. I legit. Oh my god. I legit enjoy it. Uh, Brown super fan, writer of the Belichick letters, world famous, despiser of the fantasy football enthusiast. <laughs> One leg of the Around the NFL podcast, the table that holds up the entire NFL media empire. We've got the great Mark Sessler in the building. I don't view myself as a hater of the fantasy football enthusiast. <laughs> what what bothers me is that the first fantasy football pick I ever made yes. was Roger Craig in 1988. I just want to be seen as sort of a father of fantasy football. <laughs> wow. I date back quite a ways. Yeah, you predate so. me. I think my first uh, my first fantasy draft pick was Dan Marino in like 90. Bro, you're you're the apocalypse of fantasy football then. Like you you're like the father of it, but then you want to go and kill all your children. <laughs> it does not bode well. It does not bode well. So. Uh, we've got Adam Rank in the building. What's up? What's happening, James? So I'm happy well. to be here. Uh, I don't know if you noticed Bud Norris blew a seat <clears throat> last night. Yeah, but it's the weird thing where it's like I'm bummed for our <laughs> fantasy team because like there goes Marcus Bud Grant Norris. is in the building. Bud Norris blows the save, oh but then the Angels rally to win. That's great. So ultimately, well, I'm happy. But I'm like, if we would have gotten that save, we also got a rogue Will Harris save. So oh, that's, that, was yeah, the that was best. great. Wow. Uh, great. <laughs> MG guy Marcus. Never Grant. thought Will Harris would make it to the show. Look, I'm just I'm enjoying. Oh I'm enjoying God. the start of NFL summer, which lasts for like six weeks. It's true. So I'm gonna enjoy my six weeks of NFL summer post draft, and then we got a few weeks until right, and until like training camp basically yep. starts up. So uh, you know the sun's out, uh, my bike is all tuned up. Are the guns out? Right. Uh, they will be. Oh, okay, good. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I will enjoy my my summer. All right, Alex Gelhar, the whiz kid from Wisconsin. What's up? 
Uh, yeah, it's a great show. Very excited for it. Happy we have Mark Sessler in here, and we're not on his radar any longer. Not uh, on the radar. Considering he was the last of the uh, ATN heroes. Well, I, that was, you know, I, that obviously I noticed that. And I think there was probably an ordering system to that. Oh, and, uh, my God. You know, there was not an it, only, it only motivates me more to get deeper into the, fa- the world of fantasy but football. It, it could oh be like God. the Top 100 show that's uh, uh, happening Ooh. right now. In oh, that's Network, a very good Where you're point. working down to number one. That's a good, I like that. It's a good outlook. Started off with the promotions, right? And we, uh, we worked up to you. Also, right. Adam Rank, consummate company man, right now, wearing a Thursday night yep. football hat, yep, pimping the top 100 mm-hmm. show, yep. which you should all watch Monday nights, uh, nine nine p.m. Eastern, I believe. Uh, and we also have our top 100s and top 200s coming out right now. James's is published. Fabs is updated. Marcus, yep. did you hit publish on yours? Uh, not yet, here? but uh, probably by the time most of you listen to this podcast, they will be live. You can NFL.com slash top 200. 200. 200. We'll take you to all of those. There you go. All right. Wait, so. are we supposed to do 200? No, we're supposed to do one. <laughs> I stopped at 100. <laughs> yes, I stopped I thought you were going to do 111 to be on brand. I don't They kind of ruin Fantasy and Friends kind of ruined that brand. What, really? the Ranks 11 brand? We didn't do Ranks 11 last well, year. That doesn't sound like a company Fantasy man saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, look. I'm we we uh, normally start the show with your top headlines, but you know what? Honestly, in a day it's where the draft. it's the draft, so it's nothing but hot draft takes. And of course, we bring in Mark Sessler, who we started off by saying is a Brown super fan. So I'll I'll, I'll ask you, Mark, uh, Cleveland's draft and and really their off season. How have you viewed it? And, and are you cautiously optimistic? I am. I do think that on the morning Thursday morning, I had a talk with. Bears fan Adam Rank in yeah. the office, and I came in in an ornery mood because I knew in our office when Cleveland ultimately took Mitchell Trubisky, traded <laughs> up and did that, that it was going to be another round of being mocked for being a Browns fan in our office, of just hearing everyone's jokes and jabs for the next 12 months, if not 12 years, but something psychically shifted in that conversation Hold my beer. where everything went to Rank, <laughs> and somehow in an alternate universe, Cleveland came out with a draft that I thought was impressive for the first time in, in a long time in Cleveland. You didn't reach for a quarterback. You didn't really reach for anyone. You kind of allowed the talent to come to you. And weeks and weeks of uh, whispers about infighting between Hugh Jackson, Sashi Brown, all the others. I think it came and went where, if anything, Hugh Jackson, if the, in the Mike Silver article that he put out, that Hughes talked about seeing that he understands what the front office is doing, that they kind of get the benefit of stockpiling also a number one pick from Houston. They own Houston's draft next year. So there was a lot to like. I mean, I think if you're a Browns fan, these are the few days or weeks where you can be unabashedly uh, enthusiastic, and then the games begin, and <laughs> reality sets in. But I, it's, it, I do think they came out with some intriguing players, too. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime you get uh, a guy like Miles Garrett off the top, uh, you're in a great position. And like you said, they waited until the second round to get Deshaun Kaiser, uh, which I thought was just tremendous. I, I mean, before this whole process began, Kaiser was viewed by a lot of people as possibly the number one quarterback prospect and and here he is he falls to Cleveland there and he could be a guy that you know helps stabilize that offense in the second half let's focus on the offense because it is a fantasy show um talk to me about what they've done on the offensive line I mean we've talked about it in general terms hey Cleveland's improved their offensive line but man they really have I want to get your take on, on what they've done with the offensive line what it could mean for the running game you add JC Treader, which for me 
that means that Cam Irvin, who has been a disaster, does not have to start anywhere on that line. You can find a way to not have him in the starting lineup. Kevin Zeitler was a big ad. And for me, it, it's when, when they made those signings, it said you can attract free agents. And, and you know, the money was, was there, obviously. But also that they appropriately looked at the draft and said, we're not going to get this line short up in that process. We've got to do it in free agency. So they went into the draft with that with those boxes checked. You look at up and down, I think Joel Batonio at left guard, when he's healthy, has been outstanding. I, I don't know how many more years you get out of Joe Thomas, but it's at least this season. Sure. And across the board, they want to run the ball. I think Hugh Jackson, we've all seen what kind of offense he would like to have. And last year, you were on quarterback four or five a month into the season. Everyone had played. People that weren't even quarterbacks have been playing quarterback. You know, yeah. Terrell Pryor at this point. So I I want to see a quarterback stay healthy in Cleveland. They haven't had one starter go wire to wire since, since Tim Couch did it in 2001. That Whew. is an unbelievable reality in Cleveland. They cannot keep quarterbacks healthy. So this helps everything. And any skilled player they added gets a better season out of this in theory. Uh, in the running back room, is it going to be Isaiah Crowell? Is it going to be Duke Johnson in your mind? I mean, I think they'd like to use both. It's not that it's uh, the same situation that you had in Cincinnati for Hugh Jackson, but I, Crowell, to me, has been – they've showed a lot of faith in him. They couldn't have gone and drafted someone high last year. They certainly – I thought they were going to this time. They didn't. They didn't really add anyone in free agency. So I think Crowell – Early on last year, showed a lot of promise. Is your early down back, and if for me, Duke Johnson is is does a lot as a passing down back. I, I don't know if he's quite morphed into the take over the job yet as an inside runner. Fantasy enthusiast who you obviously disdain. Um, we really, <laughs> I'll just roll with it now. We really uh, have enjoyed. Gary Barnage over the last couple of years. Oh. As a Browns fan now, oh, so you seeing him leave the team, did that disappoint? Do, do Browns fans feel the same way that like fantasy dorks would? I, I think the timing was really curious. I, I, I like that you went out and got Dave Njoku. He looks like a really interesting tight looks end. Looks like a great prospect. I mean, and again, it was someone that I, they don't go, go get O.J. Howard. They still have to address that position. But then to release Barnage the next day, they have other young guys that they brought in over the last two drafts, but Barnage, to me, not a young guy necessarily, but why not wait till later in the summer before obviously fate steps in and starts shredding your lineup in Cleveland with various injuries? Barnage has been a good soldier. He's, he's, he's sort of a late bloomer. We all get that. But oh, yeah. he, I, I just think that Hugh Jackson had some pointed comments coming out of the year. He loves the tight end position. He wants to use it in ways that, say, like a Bruce Arians does not. And he said, we have to, we have to change that position. We have to upgrade. So where Mike Pettin mm. and that crew might have liked Gary Barnage, I don't think Hugh Jackson felt the same way, obviously. Obviously. But how pissed are you going to be when he joins the Patriots? I mean, it's like the last, you know, 25 years of my life. So it's just another chapter. But it's hard. If you get to the point with some of these Browns players, you're kind of happy to see them succeed. I don't don't hold it against them. It's like if any of us were in a terrible situation career-wise, you'd want to see someone have some success. So if it ever happens in Cleveland before I pass off the earth, that would be fine also. Uh, We talked about Deshaun Kaiser a little bit, but, I mean, obviously there is going to be a competition there. Brock Osweiler is still there for the time being. Cody Kessler played fairly well at times last year. No and no. Um, What do you mean no and no? I mean, like, (laughs) look, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's unreasonable to think Deshaun Kaiser will be a starter before the year is out. Hundred percent. But who do you see starting this thing week one? I, mean, I think the right now Cody Kessler because he has familiarity. He 
he was serviceable last year. I mean, people like to – I think it gets a little pumped up with some of the statistical metrics that they threw out there with him. He was playing – they were using him in a way where he was not a – he wasn't winging the ball downfield and getting the team in trouble. Right. I, I think Kessler goes in as the guy right now, but that doesn't hold much water in Cleveland. I mean, Kaiser is going to have to be – I think you have to see him this season, and here's why. Because of the draft that's coming up with quarterbacks next year, if you're Cleveland and you're sitting at one, two, or three in what is deemed as one of – today, and a lot can change – as one of the best quarterback classes to come around, you can't let Deshaun Kaiser stand in the way of that. I think it's great that you that you keep drafting these players – Gelhar's a Green Bay fan. They've done that for years. But it's like you, 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 you have to just find out what you have in each of these guys as soon as possible. I think the Jets will do the same thing. You've got a bunch of young guys. If you go into next year's draft, you, ha- you have to take Sam Darnold, whoever it is, with that, with that high pick. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you talk about the signal caller there uh, in Cleveland. I'm more concerned or more interested anyways in what that means for somebody like Corey Coleman. Uh, I, they lose a guy like Terrell, Terrell Pryor who emerged out of nowhere to be their, their number one wide receiver. He goes to Washington. Now all of a sudden Corey Coleman steps into this giant market share in terms of the receiving core. Um, I'm interested to, to get your take on, on what it could be for Corey Coleman. I borrowed your phrase around the NFL phrase. I think he makes the leap this year. Yeah, I think he has to. There's a lot. He's probably a lot of pressure on him after you know he showed flashes last year, but really not a great rookie season because of the injury. Number one, and Pryor's gone. They drafted like four other wide receivers last year. None of them have really stepped up to make a difference at this point. They didn't prioritize that position unless you think Kenny Britt is going to make a big difference there. Nope. I, I, it's for me well, that's a patch. <laughs> I think it's a patch. I mean, I, I don't think that he's. It was a, for me. It was a weird signing because it kind of went against everything I thought the Browns were trying to do. That's a good right. point to add Kenny Britt, but I can roll with that to some degree. But yeah, a lot of pressure on Coleman. And again, though, with all these players, they've typically had to go with at the minimum three different quarterbacks. I don't think it's easy to explain for these guys, linemen on out, how impossible that is to deal with every couple weeks in a football season. Corollary. Why yes. does no one like Terrell Pryor? I mean, why does it just seem like I mean, we saw opposing it's players true. talking trash about him. The yep. Browns just seem to like let him just go on his way. Well, why does no one like Terrell Pryor? It's a great question. I mean, <laughs> he's not super young, number one, but he's young enough. To, he's going to be around for, the in theory, the rest of his contract if he had signed a longer one in Cleveland. I think Cleveland... If they've had one weakness, it was last offseason, failing to keep a guy like Alex Mack at center, failing to keep some of their own guys that they had grown, and there aren't many of those. They put a lot of effort and resources into Terrell Pryor, and now it's the Redskins' benefit. So I, I'm with you, Marcus. I don't that, – that move – was annoying. I get the I get the sense that he was not a great locker room presence. I mean, and everyone that he faced seemed to have issues with him. Something right. to say about it. Right. Yep. It really was every week, you know. Which you know, if you get a good guy like Josh Gordon back in the lineup, it will it will clean up that locker room. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the great Mark Sessler, Brown superfan, weighing in on what Cleveland has done this offseason. Mark, man, we appreciate the time. Thank you. I hope to be back on a weekly basis come the regular season. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> listen, man, don't even throw that out to the universe because we will do that. I mean, we it's, will listen, do that. The I, I will be heavy. I am available. I'm highly available. So I love it. All right, I'll, I will go. see you guys soon. Thank All you, guys. Right, All right, good. Mark. <laughs> All right, so Mark Sessler steps away. Uh, by the way, follow him on Twitter when you can. Read his work when you can. He is an absolute football. The, the Belichick letters is still one of the best uh, oh, long form yeah. pieces. Oh, yeah. He's a football poet, Mark Football Sessler. poet. What is? What is?
He is. He really is. And now that the door is slammed, okay. we've had all four of those guys uh, in studio. Uh-huh. Let's rank them. Oh, we're going to do that right now. <laughs> Let's rank them. Okay, good. What do you think? Uh, uh, let's save it for after the show. <laughs> do it down to the dabs? We got a sure. lot of... We I'll, got do, a, I'll do my... I'll release my first ever okay. ATN <laughs> power. <laughs> That's a good tease. That's a really good tease. <laughs> we got a power ranking to the go. We got a lot of draft takes to oh, get to here. Oh, man. All right, we're going to start with the running back position, then we'll work our way down uh, to the wide receiver position. We will eventually talk about Deshaun Foster. Uh, Deshaun Foster. Deshaun, wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm going digging back. Digging in the crates for that one, huh? No, seriously. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson uh, and what it means for New Copkins. But let's start at the running back position. I, I feel as if there's going to be heavy conversation with the first few guys, but we'll start with Leonard Fournette. L4, for those of you who want to get hip to the game. L4. Is that a real L4. thing, or are you trying to push that? I'm trying to push that. Oh. I like it. I like it, though. L4. Better L4. than your CNC football factory that you <laughs> called Corey, Corey Coleman. Coleman. Yeah, that was that was that was, that was rough. That was uh, that was. I apologize for it in the piece. Uh, L four to didn't the make Jack. it better. <laughs> Did not make it better at all. I appreciate you guys linking the YouTube music. Well, I was like, because I got the reference, but I'm like, so many people are not going <laughs> to. It. And I slacked I it to Marcus. I was like, Marcus, what is James doing right oh, now? Oh <laughs> my God, this is great. Uh, L four to the Jaguars. Uh, we'll start with uh, Duval County's finest over here. Oh, uh, flat you. brim. Cap wearing Adam Rank. This is a flat brim brim hat. Yes. So I'm wearing it like you as wouldn't a flat just buy a cowboy hat and flatten it out, but you wear it as it's. Bro, will you just give me your Lord. Leonard Fournette <laughs> take to the Jaguars? As the Lord intended. I um, you know, I didn't really like this fit initially. Okay. Because <laughs> the the Jags do have some problems on the offensive line, but they did go ahead and add Cam Robinson there yeah. in the second round, which at least leads me to believe they realize. That they have some 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 line deficiencies, and of course with the coaching change with Doug Marone there now assuming the the title of head coach, and with Tom Coughlin there, that perhaps there could be a new approach to their offensive line and and get more production out of guys like Blake Bortles and and players like that. So even though I don't think that I'm as bullish on him as a lot of people are, because I think a lot of people just look at it and they saw what he did in college and they're like, oh, but he's going to be great. And he's going to be Ezekiel Elliott, and you're like. You have to realize that Ezekiel Elliott walked into a very special, special. situation. And if, if Zeke was on the Jags last year, yeah. it would have been a struggle to reach 1,000 yards. I agree. Like So I don't necessarily assume that Fournette's going to be able to do that. But I do think... Talking about Zeke real quick, uh, you talk about him walking into a special situation. Not only did he walk into a special situation, he also got incredibly lucky that Dak Prescott is not only a serviceable quarterback, but a good quarterback as well. So it brought real balance uh, to that offense. I, I don't know if we see are going to see that balance uh, there in Jacksonville, although we could because they have the weapons there. They certainly do, and they have a lot of talented players around him. Allen Robinson is not going to struggle like he did last year. And so when you look at it, I still think, and especially if that, that Duval defense is as good as I think it could be to where you're in games and it's a it's a Tom Coughlin special where you're trying to win all these games 13-6, to six, Yeah, it could mean more opportunity. <laughs> so I, I really – Projections. I, I He'll get a grand. 1,008? That sounds about right. That seems plausible. Yeah. Seems reasonable. Marcus Grant? I could buy that. Um, I really just feel like – Leonard Fournette's value in his production is so much going to hinge on Blake Bortles. Oh, that's scary. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it's true. I mean, if Bortles, if if it's the Bortles we've seen the last couple of years, 
where he's throwing picks in the first half and the Jaguars are falling behind and suddenly, you know, Bortles has to come back and try to throw two or three touchdowns in the second half to win or at least to come back. Um, then that's going to impact how much Fournette is going to see the football in this one. So, you know, I if, if if they can, you know, quote unquote, fix Blake Bortles and they can get him to be more consistent, to yeah. not have the interceptions and the turnovers, then I think you will see a lot more Coughlin style football, which means trying to control the clock, trying to ground it out. I think and that's going to be good. I think that's why they picked Fournette so highly, though, is because they want to help eliminate some of those early turnovers good by point. establishing a good ground game. And the, the talk you hear out of Jacksonville, like I was just digging up some of the quotes I remember reading over the weekend, like Coughlin said, he's their v, Tom Coughlin, their VP of uh, football operations, said he's special about Fournette. We need playmakers. We need people that put the ball in the end zone. We need to do something about balance. That's speaking to the fact that the Jags have been chucking the football all, all over the yard the last two years. Oh, I out, thought they were talking about TJ Yeldon's running style. Worked out, <laughs> worked out great two years ago. Did not work out so great last year. But I, I, I at first was a little soured on this because I was hoping Fournette would go somewhere else. But then the more I thought about it, like, they made this investment. They're going to give him the rock. I agree. And I think he's going to be a Especially solid Especially around pick. the end zone. As I was put, yeah, as I was putting together my top one, my top 100 uh, as well, I think I had Fournette around RB11. Okay. And I could easily see him finishing the top 10. I could also easily see him finishing a little lower it, if that offense falls apart of some of his fear. But – I think there's enough talent there, and with the veteran and experienced presence of guys like Coughlin and Doug Marone and things, I have a reasonable expectation that this offense will at least be passable, and that'll be good for Fournette and Fantasy. I got a little hyper on him, put him in my top 20. Now, I get that that's an aggressive projection from him, but what I like about Leonard Fournette in Jacksonville, I think his floor is actually really safe. I think he's going to get a big share of that run game. Um, I think he will be able to punch it into the end zone anywhere between 6 to 10 times. And I think for me, given the floor and then given the upside, that's why I've got him ranked so highly because, man, I, I think he's got a safe floor and the upside to me because if everything goes in the right direction, watch out. Leonard Fournette is a special talent. Now, he's not going into a special situation, but watch out. If everything moves in the right direction, uh, I think Fournette's ceiling is massively high. Uh, Le- uh, Leonard Fournette was the first running back taken, the second running back taken, again, in the top ten. Christian McCaffrey to Carolina. I hate the fit. Ugh. What? I Stop absolutely what? You know what? I went, I was, I was with you. Uh, honestly, I, I was with you. I kind of thought that when you think of teams and offenses in Carolina, Carolina was like the equivalent of your friend who's like, dude, let's go to dinner at Applebee's. It's like, dude, it's so unimaginative. Like there's so many other things that we could do places we could go. Why would you stick with the most basic of mm-hmm. concept? Yep. But when they drafted Samuel mm-hmm. out of Ohio state, now you're looking at a team, I believe, and especially with, with Shula, they're calling the shots. They want to be a little bit more dynamic. And I was reading, I think it was Peter King or, or somebody pro football focus. Somebody was talking about how, the Super Bowl kind of had an impact on the way the Carolina Panthers are approaching the draft because they see that the success that Tom Brady had going to his running backs out of the backfield. Okay. And even when you when you figure in players like Julian Edelman as well, and you think of somebody like James White, like how how effective he was as a receiver that to really make Cam better, yeah. you got to give him those quick options because he still has the threat to run. And if he has some running back or dynamic playmakers to be able to get the ball to after he's extended a play, man, that could be a huge boon for them. So I, I, I really feel that this is the, the Panthers being committed to at least trying to be cool. I'm not <laughs> that they're going to be. They want to be hipsters. But I feel better yeah. about it than I did 
when I was seeing all the mock drafts, and I'm like, that would be a waste of draft pick. Um, the reason I, I hate the fit is because organizationally, I agree with you. I think they want to make that move and make that transition into incorporating you know, guys in multiple positions. Curtis Samuel is a guy who's taken a lot of snaps out of the backfield, right? He's got great vertical speed. Um, Christian McCaffrey is a running back who, who can split out wide. So it makes a lot of sense that, they yes, they want to get modernize their game a little bit. Here's the problem. Ron Rivera has been in this game a long time. Uh, Cam Newton has been in this game a long time. So organizationally, they could want to make these changes. Can Ron Rivera implement those changes? Can Cam Newton himself, does he want to change uh, his game? He's a former MVP. I, I, think, I don't I think, think that's Cam, true. Cam doesn't want to get knocked right. in the head 18,000 times That's the again. thing. Guys, I think that's the reason Cam Newton is fine with this. I, I mean, again, but there's so many assumptions in that statement that you're – I mean, yeah, of course nobody wants to get knocked around, but – James, a guy is a guy. James, this whole thing is an assumption. I mean, we're, we're assuming Blake Bortles <laughs> is going to be better. We're assuming but, that, no, we're, you know, like, also, seriously. We're connect- it's not just an assumption. We're connecting the dots. Like, Cam, like, more so than other quarterbacks, got brutalized last year. So mm-hmm. much that he had a personal meeting with the commissioner. Mm-hmm. I think they want to do this. Their offense desperately needs speed. And on top of that, if you say can Ron Rivera change, Ron Rivera is a coach that actually has cha- shown he can change his tendencies in season. That's how he became Riverboat Ron. He went against what he had previously established as being a head coach, changed the way he was approaching the game, and the Carolina won won a bunch. He's not this stick-in-the-mud, you know, I'm only going to do it my way kind of coach. He has shown the ability to evolve, and these, as Rank mentioned, especially adding the Curtis Samuel draft pick that's showing this offense wants to move forward. I really like McCaffrey also because, as you know, somebody you you should be who uh, doesn't like Jonathan Stewart, guy has has not exactly been the pinnacle of health and surviving all these games. Not, so no. if Jay Stewart to miss a few games, McCaffrey would fall into an even much bigger workload in sure. addition to what he's doing out of the backfield as well. I think he I think he's a guy that's going to have a very safe weekly floor and a high high ceiling. Even in standard? Even in standard. Well, he's going Especially gonna, in standard. I mean, I don't want to make the floor though in standard. Yeah, I don't want to make the comparison cuz they're both white, but it's like the Danny Woodhead type of thing where he would get 10 carries, 48 yards, and five catches for another, know, 40, for another 40 yards. Like yeah. you're because of his dual role, you're you're feeling safe about a solid, you know, six to ten points every week, plus touchdown upside, plus game breaking upside if he hits a couple big ones. Yeah. Plus, you're, if you're playing in booty leagues where you don't get yardage bonuses for hitting a hundred, like it's <laughs> more valuable because you should. You hit a hundred. Like we That's put, stupid. No, no, no. You get two points for hitting a hundred. Okay. That's the way the Lord ended it. <laughs> Um, All right, you get you get it. You get a gold star when you start, and you get an extra bonus <laughs> point you. for your first I, carry. That's what I love. Stupid. There's nothing wrong with what why? is this Xbox achievements? Know, this Should dumb. we get bonus points for everything <laughs> they do? Why is why are we getting points for anything? Oh why are we getting so yardage good. points at all? Oh my god! Then why don't we just have it? Will you, you go on with go on with your football? Just your root point. for a team then. Then stop playing fantasy if you don't want points. And having fun, <laughs> like whatever. Okay. Now we have curmudgeons in the whatever, uh, but yeah, he does have that. He does the, the duality. Plus, it's the way the NFL goes now. I think the best comparison uh, is Reggie Bush, and a lot of people talk about Reggie Bush kind of failed. You're like, yeah, he failed all the way to a Super Bowl, and it was a different. Like, it's so crazy to think that the NFL was so different no, no. a decade ago. Yeah. And now, if Reggie Bush was coming into the league... Oh, he'd be a darling. It would be great. Yeah. It would be absolutely Well, he was great. a darling coming in, too. But he was. But, I mean, like, this this is the, the, the time that would suit him the best. I, I agree. Injuries notwithstanding. I think McCaffrey will be able to... He'll be durable. 
Um, he'll be fine, and I think he's going to be the best running back. Uh, he has shown a penchant uh, for being able to handle a huge, huge workload. workload. Huge and it's, workload. And he doesn't get touched. It was kind of like the uh, the early part of Emmett Smith's career, where he just wasn't touched a lot on the way to the ground. And it's like I said, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, disagree with my take that you know Christian McCaffrey. This is not a great landing spot for Christian McCaffrey, and it's not from a real football perspective. And it's also not because I don't believe in Christian McCaffrey. Listen, man, because he went to Spain. Both. No, it's not. Because, <laughs> actually, the you got reason, that rejection. Actually, the reason Stanford. the reason I like him even more than I think most people do is because he went to Stanford, and I got to see him torch Cal repeat. <laughs> uh, through the years. Look, I've seen a lot of Christian McCaffrey games. I'm just saying, um, and and I've always been a guy that said, look, Christian McCaffrey can run between the tackles. Not only is he a dual threat, but he's not just one of those receiving backs. You know what I'm saying? He can absolutely run between the tackles. Um, and I'm really high on him as a prospect. I'm just saying for fantasy-wise, and, 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 and for those people who are blowing up my, my Twitter time, just for fantasy-wise, I'm saying Christian McCaffrey to the Panthers was not a great fantasy fit. But in real life, I think he is going to be a baller. That's just my take. Dalvin Cook to Minnesota. And he was a guy that w- when he went – sad. Exactly. When he went, it was like how many of these – Dope running backs can go to situations where I'm not that excited about. There's so many running back needy teams, and it's seemingly in one of the most deep running back drafts, none of those guys went to those teams. Yeah, I, I like Dalvin Cook. I like Dalvin Cook a lot. And Why couldn't the Colts take Dalvin Cook? That would have been amazing. I don't. I just don't three. know what Minnesota is going to do now with Latavius Murray there. And maybe he is just the goal line hammer. You got Dalvin Cook, who can just do a bunch of things. You still have Jarek McKinnon there, who exactly. has played well exactly. when he's had the opportunity. This is just a headache. It's uh, just I a mean, headache. J- Jarek McKinnon has played well in our hearts. He hasn't really ever played <laughs> well on the field. I mean, the team went out and signed Latavius Murray in free agency and then drafted Dalvin Cook right. in the second round. I think that's fair. The Jarek McKinnon dream has died. All right, that's Sorry. Fair. That's, that's fair. We're romanticizing yeah, you're the right. past. Okay, you're right. we, want, we want Jarek McKinnon to be like Danny Woodhead, where he swells in our hearts and actually yeah, dominates on the football field. That's a good point. That's There's good only point. been I one of those. But his 40 time is so impressive. Oh, uh, his spark score. Yeah, Let's I mean, go. Come on. Very nice. <laughs> All right. Well, but what does it mean, Wizkid, uh, in terms of uh, Dalvin Cook to Minnesota? Boy, I wish I knew because they went and signed Latavius Murray, not to like an astronomical amount of money. What a good but chunk of change. paid him decent money this year. Yeah. I mean, I think Dalvin Cook's much more talented than Latavius Murray. Yeah. But, again, this is a we have to look at the whole team, and the Vikings don't have a great offensive line. Oh, God, Sam Bradford's still so under center. Yep. So I, you have to wonder – how much Dalvin Cook can do with his opportunities if they're at all split with Latavius Murray. And if he's losing, it, you know, if Latavius Murray does because he's a big guy become the goal line hammer and he had success with that in Oakland, then Dalvin Cook's going to lose those high value, high value touches in the red zone. You're working on your top 100. Where do you have Dalvin Cook? I haven't settled on a spot for him yet. Yeah, I it, know. He's it in hard. that, he's in that nebulous group of players that yep. I keep looking at like, I don't like any of nope. this. Exactly. It's like he could be he could be fifty. He could be out of the hundred. I mean, it's I just. I know. mean, it's a, it's a case where if somebody made a case for him to be the RB twenty. I'd be like, yeah, sure, yeah. If everything breaks <laughs> right, somebody had him as the yeah as the RB fifty. Be like, yeah, yeah, that could work too. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Adam ranked Joe Mixon to Cincinnati. Uh, again, here's another talented running back. Obviously, uh, he's got his off the field issues. Uh, caught on tape punching a woman. Um, and obviously that has turned off a lot of fans to Joe Mixon. By the way, 
uh, I do believe that people it, it it doesn't play itself out a lot in fantasy, but I tell you what. He's going to fall in fantasy drafts, too. Cause but I've he, already seen people say that. You know what I'm saying? Going, they're not going to draft. Thank you. Season. Yes. I've seen it. And it's so that to me is uh, I, I, kudos to those people. Uh, but, yeah, he's a guy that I probably won't be touching in fantasy either, but that's okay. Uh, talented running back regardless. He's going to Cincinnati. Again, another talented running back going into a very crowded backfield. Gio Bernard, Jeremy Hill. What does it mean for Joe Mixon? What does it mean for fantasy Adam Rank? Yeah, it's a tough one because I can certainly uh, understand anybody not wanting – to deal with him and just not wanting him on your team because I think a lot of people enjoy fantasy football as a lark and it's not really a major business. If yeah. your, your income probably doesn't depend on it. I would hope Like uh, the coaches of the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. You, you really have that luxury of sitting back and saying, like, I don't like this person as a human being, so I'm not going to have exactly. him on my fantasy team. I think the, the problem was in doing our, our top 100s was – just trying to take the approach of I'm just looking at him as a talent standpoint. I'm yep. doing this for the benefit of those who are like, I don't care what he does off the football field. I can divorce myself from the video that we all saw, and I'm just going to put him as a, a talented football player. And if you do that, I currently have him as number 26. And You're I'm, RB I'm, 26. No, no, no. Oh, 26 overall. Wow. Overall. Oh, wait. He is goodness. good. Gracious! Third round, third round pick. He thinking. is that good. You're not he worried about the crowd of backfield, down. dude. You don't draft a guy like that to not use him. Yeah. Like you're not like, hey, I bought a new car. Where is it? It's in the garage. I'm never going to drive it. I mean, this... you are. You no, no, no. They, they don't. They've it. seen enough. They've seen enough of Jeremy Hill. Giovanni Bernard is what he is. Joe Mixon is the most talented running back that they have. Yeah. He will be their number one guy. I was going to say, we've seen this regime do this before, though, too. They had Gio Bernard. He had a very good rookie season. They drafted Jeremy Hill in the second year. What happened? Jeremy Hill went out and had a monster season. That's good point. Gio still had a solid season. As you said, I think they've seen enough of Jeremy Hill now, too. It's been a few years of him yeah. underperforming. Yeah. Cannot recapture that rookie form. Has just honestly looked like a different running back. So Mixon's going to come in, and Mixon offers them both like the size and power and speed of Jeremy and he, Hill. And he can catch. And he can catch passes. So I think there will still be more of a role for Gio. I I've, have a feeling Jeremy Hill's going to be the odd man out. But like 26, a little spicy. That's spicy. Not, not, not crazy, though. Not crazy? I don't know where I put Joe. Joe I would put him ahead of L4. He's better than C.J. Anderson. I don't know why I have Spencer Ware so high. Well, I mean, I feel like he's he is better than all those guys, but there are still two. And I yes, I get it. Jeremy Hill's not the dude. Gio Bernard's not the dude. They're still going to get run. They're still going to get snaps. They're still going to get touches. And so, you know, maybe I mean maybe we're revisiting this say week eight, week nine, and Joe Mixon has earned himself a bigger role. It's one thing, but starting the season. He is still going to be very much in a platoon, in a okay. committee right now, and that, that worries me. Alvin Kamara to the Saints. Is Mark Ingram now dead? MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Um, okay, so you know how I felt <laughs> about Alvin Kamara. Yeah. But honestly, exactly. this is a good landing spot for him. Is like, it? I think it's a good landing spot for him. And I know really? Gilhart and I talked about this, and I know they got 50-11 running backs there. Exactly. Orleans, but your boy Dane Lasko, see ya. See ya. Uh, Tim Hightower, sorry about your luck. Um, Tim Hightower's know, already gone. Yeah, he's in San Francisco. See, so sorry about your luck. Sorry. So, uh, like I said, um... But Ingram's there. Pepe is going to be there. Kamara's going to get opportunities to catch the ball. He has more of a PPR future, I think, than, than just a standard fantasy future. I'm but so I think confused by the draft pick, by the way. They I mean, I get, that it's a, I get that it's an off, like, a, uh, like a, a fit offensively right. for their scheme, 
But why would you invest that high of a draft pick in a guy that you know is going to have a relatively limited role? Well, I did see somebody tweet this out that the with Ingram's contract and Peterson's contract, they both also could be gone next year. I think Ingram's gone for sure. Um, AP's probably gone for sure as well. Okay, I see what you're saying. So you're investing. So that's why today. they get the guy they wanted now that they know is a good know is a good scheme fit. That's work not, them in this year right. while they have two okay. other main workhorses, and well, then that's why if, I'm not a GM. If one or both are gone, then they've got Kamara. <laughs> Ew. Well, see, I don't like but, Kamara as a long-term option. <laughs> what like do you a, like about? I like it as a compliment. I like doing our periscope. I like I love this fit. I'm like, why? I like ruining everything. I like him as a Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles type in that offense. Now, if you're asking me that Alvin Kamara is going to be like the dude in New Orleans, no. Oh, I don't like it at all. Okay. But, okay, so the Reggie Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles thing, like, that role doesn't exist as much if Mark Ingram's also getting passing down work, or if it does, it, it is, kills Mark Ingram. It is what I wrote when they signed Adrian Peterson. Fantasy running back is dead. It is all dead. Let's just cut it. Let's just yeah. chop one spot out of oh our line. God. Let's just chop one spot out of our <laughs> rosters. Let's just have one. Because seriously, I mean, we're sitting here talking about oh, all man. these really good running backs going to all these different places that already have decent running backs. Wow. The NFL has devalued the running back position. Regardless of what Ezekiel Elliott or other fantasy analysts might say about running back revivals, it's crap. They're all dead. He's heating up. They're all dead. Let's chop one spot out of our rosters. Let's add an extra flex spot. Let's save ourselves the headache, and we don't have to dance around the thing about what role and what touches and what snaps somebody's going to get because it's not going to help us all at all. Oh, my God. I love it. Just went straight Nas. Hip-hop is dead. (laughs) <laughs> and the running back position is dead as well. Oh, my God. Holy hell. I asked if Mark Ingram was dead. I didn't realize the whole position group was dead. <laughs> They're oh, all my God. The whole thing. The whole, the whole thing. thing. Just blow it all up. What do you do with Mark Ingram? I mean, he slides considerably, right? In, in, in well, everyone's I mean, he and, he and Adrian Peterson already were sliding because we don't quite know how the split's going to work out. I mean, I could see either of them leading the backfield. I don't think it's uh, – I was getting into this with Wessling yesterday on Twitter because uh, he was – uh, shouting down on the fantasy in- industry as a whole for considering Peterson Mark Ingram's backup. I was like, I don't think a lot of people have thought about it that way. They're like a 1A and 1B, 1B. and I just don't know which one's going to be 1A, which one's going to be 1B right now. But now I mean, we It's safer to this- assume that Mark Ingram's the 1A. I mean, AP last year coming off a meniscus tear. I mean, come on, man. It's like 32. Exactly. But he's going to have a big role. Like- I agree. He's going to have a role, but he's clearly the 1B. I mean, yeah. Like The thing with Adrian P, I, I- – I know a lot of people, for whatever reason now, the tide just seems to be turning. Like, everybody just assumed, like, Peterson's going to come in and be great. You're like, because he even had that quote, like, with me and Drew Brees, you're right. like, bro, it's 2017. It's not 2007. <laughs> I, I really think his, I, I said. Oh, but man, said best 2007 case, Breeze and Peterson on the same team? Be Hello. <laughs> that would be amazing. But I equated it to uh, to the way Albert Pujols has operated in Anaheim, where it's like, okay, he's clearly not the player that he was. But he can hit the occasional home run sure. and still be a productive person. I think that's the most reasonable expectation I agree. for Adrian Peterson, to go out there and expect him to be any semblance of the running back that he was in his prime. It's just, it's just not feasible. And it's not, it's not the way it happens at the end. He's just not that kind of back anymore. And I don't think the Saints have that kind of offense. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I just I I guess people just see the name and they get excited, but you're like, man, I mean, it must be. I I guess it's too we're, we're dealing with younger people. Yeah. Who, this is the first time that you're seeing one of your heroes fade, and maybe you're not equipped. I to see handle what this. you're saying. Okay. Like, there's a lot of young people who grew up 
pl- watching football. Yeah. And Adrian Peterson, Peterson was like, the guy. You don't yeah. know what it's like because we've gone through our lives. We've seen like Ladanian Tomlinson fall off the cliff. Yeah. Or if you want to go further back, like Sean Alexander. You know, like yeah. we've witnessed this. Like yep. I, I have some breadth of experience to where this happens, and a guy turns thirty-two. Like it, it's it's a reason why that John Riggins is that outlier. It's like whatever crazy because you always say like, well, John Riggins, like John Riggins did it in the eighties behind one of the best offensive lines of all time. Yeah. Like if Adrian Peterson was going to the Raiders or if he was going to the Cowboys, he yep. was playing behind this nails offensive line. I'm in. You're in with the Saints offensive line. I mean, like that's why you're all in on Marshawn. Exactly. That, right. That's the only thing. Like if Marshawn had gone to the Saints. I would be like, this nope. is not going to work. Right, exactly. But he's going to the Raiders. He's going to have double-digit touchdowns. All right, let me uh, wax poetically about Samaj P. Ryan uh, going to Washington. I've got him ranked in my uh, top 50. Um, I get that that's a very aggressive ranking for Man. a guy that right now – You guys are a lot higher on running backs than I seem to – obviously, I've, I, have, I have eulogized the hmm, position. I wonder, so. I wonder why. <laughs> I have eulogized the position. Obviously, you guys are a lot more Stay optimistic. on brand this year, dude. You're a lot more optimistic Stay on about it than I am. I, I need you to stay on brand in 2017. I'm going to be like wait on running backs because I'm just going to pick them off the waiver wire each and yes, every week. Yes. Might as well. Oh, my I God. You're it. getting into this argument like two years it. too late. <laughs> <laughs> you can go on another podcast and no, argue no, no. with somebody Slash else. two months too early. <laughs> no, because it, it's it's all come back around because last year people were fading against running backs, but then the running backs had a little bit of a resurgence. And now don't people are now running get- back revival. Okay, I, I said resurgence. Is that okay? It was one guy on one team. I'm just, <laughs> I'm one just, offensive look, and then now people are going to go running back heavier now. So I, 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 th- I like what Marcus is doing. He's going against the grain. You know what's funny? In doing the top 100, yeah. I really wanted to put a receiver in the top three, but I can't. I, just can't. Don't, I don't want to deal with the people being like, oh, hot take. You're like, I, I can't. Fine. I'm just Fine. These three guys are the best. Whatever. I don't. I don't want to deal with you. Yeah. Because you can't have any sort of like differing opinion without a bit of hot. T- I'm like, no, that's just the way. Like last year, uh-huh. even saying that Ezekiel Elliott was going to be the number one. Yeah. Running right, hot take. You're like, no, I just legitimately believe that. Right. And I'm sorry if it offends you. Right. <laughs> it's a hot take. So now, and now that we you know go out and and you do th- and anytime you do anything like. Like I was talking about Jamal Charles, and I and jokingly I called him a sellout, and somebody's like, "Oh, that this is clickbait." You're like, "Well, yeah, I kind of want people to click in." So yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I Good. do, I do, yes. Uh, let me wax poetically about Samaj P. Ryan. Very oh my God, yeah, do that. Uh, look, I know that Robert Kelly is supposed to be the quote unquote starter. Bat uh, Rob. I think P. Ryan not only wins this competition, I think he goes into a situation where he is going to excel. I love the fit. I love the player. Uh, he's a high-character guy um, and, and, again, a hard worker. And, and, man, the game tape is legit. I just think he's going to come in. He w- walks into a pretty good uh, a, a pretty good offense, and I just think he's going to be great. Uh, I really, really think – uh, Samaj P. Ryan is going to an ideal situation. I cannot wait to watch this guy uh, put the league on on notice in 2017. I'm I'm really really excited about Samaj P. Ryan, and I know that and I know that a lot of people aren't going to be as hyper on him as I am. I think a lot of people really like him and like this fit because that job seemed to be up for the taking. Right. Uh, I thought I remembered reading this somewhere, and I just went to to Roto World to find the blurb. And back at the beginning of March. Uh, they're kind of reading the tea leaves, and it seemed like Gruden was hinting that the team could be looking for an upgraded running back when he said, when you get a great one, it makes a team different. It takes a team from a pretender to an immediate contender. We're all looking for that. And he referred to Kelly as hoping he gets continues to get better and better. Yep. But, like, 
there you go. I mean, if this is going to be an open competition, if P. Ryan wins the majority of the job, I think he could he could definitely be a difference maker there. I love it. I, I love uh, his situation right now, and, man, I can't wait to draft him. Uh, High-level handcuffs for you uh, post-draft now. Kareem Hunt to the Chiefs. I see the floor to Marcus Green. Oh, yeah. Wait, the position group's dead, bro. You can't get excited. I know, but he's the one oh. guy like I'm sort of excited about oh, okay. because he's in a nope. – <laughs> There's a, a pulse. He's in a spot that seems There's to know pulse. how to use running backs. You know, like we can Char- see its breath on the mirror. Charkandrick West. Charkandrick West is probably gonna. You know, I'm sorry, but Charmander's is uh, Charmander's dead, dude. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I no longer choose you. Yep. Um, Spencer Ware is gonna be the starter, but I think Kareem Hunt slides in with a nice role. I think he has a has a nice impact this year. Um, I mean, look, the Chiefs' offense is still going to be oatmeal, but yeah, they'll find a way to get the ball to Kareem Hunt, and that will be good, and I will be happy. If you have Spencer Ware, you have to target. I think you got to get Kareem Hunt. You've got to you gotta go get him. Target Kareem Hunt. Not if you uh, don't draft. Not if you don't draft hand, handcuffs. That's true. Wait, what are you hating on Spencer Ware for? I'm just saying his. The, the, Hold on, no. Rank, rank seemed to be he, he kind of took a shot at Ware earlier in the pod, and now he's dogging he him again. Struggled down the end of this. Yeah, he down did. the stretch and at mm-hmm. the end of the season, and mm-hmm. it was he was somebody who. What if you drafted super late? He was starting to go in the fifth round or earlier. Like it got crazy, and he had a couple of good games, and then just wasn't able to build that momentum. And I, I think of the one; it might have been the fantasy playoffs, but the game he had against Denver on a Sunday night—that was the one. Just the was nail. he was he ever a, an ab- absolute game changer? Week no, week? no, no. There he was a, a couple of nice games, but nothing. Week one, he was good. I remember week one, he was he very He had a good. couple 20-point weeks, I think, early on, but they were splitting touches with him. And then down the stretch, when he was struggling, he got injured. And honestly, what it kind of reminded me of was just looking, he was dealing with rib injuries uh, in the playoffs and I think before as well. Mm-hmm. But it kind of reminded me of the year when Mark Ingram really messed up his shoulder down the stretch, and he looked like a totally different running back from right. the beginning of the season to the end of the season because like, he was still gutting it out, but it's different when you're trying to absorb contact with a core or upper body injury yeah. like that. You're right. I still like Spencer Ware. I think he's going to hold Kareem Hunt off. And, heck, if you don't want to draft him and he falls to me even later, I'll take him. Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, like I said, high-level yeah, handcuffs. Let's agree on that right now. Sure. Let's, let's shake on that rank. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, Dante Foreman. Deontay Foreman goes from Texas to the Texans. Uh, I think it's uh, – Certainly put Lamar Miller on notice. No, that uh, that a, a big bruising running back there now could take some goal line work uh, away from Lamar Miller. Anyone concerned there? I mean, I think that's exactly what happens. Uh, I think I think the Texans will look at what happened with Miller last year, where he never really got going the way we thought he would, you know, being the only back there in, in Houston. He got um, brocked. He got brocked. He also kind of wore down late in the season, too, and I think they're very cognizant of that, and I think you're going to see Deontay Foreman get some of those goal line carries and just just get occasional touches to try and keep Lamar Miller fresh most of the year. Marlon, it, it, has me, it has me concerned about Lamar Miller if, if he ends up losing some of those touchdown upside things because he struggled to score touchdowns last year, and if – even if the team gets in more scoring opportunities this year, thanks to like Deshaun Watson being under center potentially, right. or Tom Savage even being an upgrade over Brock, like that's that's that could hurt. That could hurt a lot if he's not getting those touchdowns. Can you expand on the Deshaun Watson point? Well, I think he's uh, he's the type of guy the Texans are enamored with him, and this is one where there's a marriage. I think the coach and the GM both love him, and, and the owner. It's not a case of where Brock Osweiler's coming in without uh, Bill O'Brien ever meeting with him. <laughs> and uh, Tom Savage is the starter right now, and he was an upgrade a little bit over Osweiler when he came in at times last year. But I think Watson's the type of guy that could come in and open up this offense yeah. a little more. He's got Agreed. he's athletic. He can run. He's got a good arm. We've we've seen him beat talented defenses before. He's gonna have to get acclimated to the pros. But 
I think if he gets in, he could be an exciting player. And if, you know, the passing offense opens up a little more with New Hopkins and Will Fuller. Watch out. Could create some more scoring opportunities for the whole team. Uh, Deshaun Watson likes to go downfield, but I think his strength is really in those intermediate routes. And I think that's an area where New Hopkins is going to live. Exactly. Timing, timing routes. New Hopkins you know I mean? is a great route runner and can win contested catches in the intermediate area. So That that up in the air comeback route, I, I just think we're going to see that a lot. And uh, One of the biggest winners from the draft. It's, it's going understated of how much this really helps. Is Nuke? DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I agree. I have him. Can I give away all these rankings? I yeah, it's a tease. You'll be able to – ranks comes out on I mean, Friday. You're not You're not giving out 100 of them, so I think you're fine. <laughs> you know Number one. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, where do you have Nuke? 13. Overall? overall. Woo-wee. Man. Bro, like I like him in the second. Ago. I like him in the second round this year. No, no, I, no, I like him in the second round too. I just uh, there's so many great players. I, I man, it's are there? Me. Yeah, I don't. Know. I've, I, I've gone the now Marcus route, and I've expanded I mean, every football oh, player. They're consider, all there. consider we have Except no running for, backs. Consider there like there there are three running backs in this draft. outside of the top five. <laughs> okay. There's out. DJ well, Zeke and Love. That's it. You well, know, I was gonna say truthfully when I was doing my rankings, I got through about eight players, and then I was like, oh boy. Where do, I, where do I start slotting these guys? I had the top running backs, the top wideouts, and then I looked at that next crop of guys, and I was like, all right. You know what? Crack the knuckles. Got to gotta make some tough decisions here. <laughs> That's so true because, uh, again, I'm going to be giving all a little bit away. I have okay. A.J. Green at eight. I got him at eight, too. Same, and, same. I, and I think if I had A.J. Green and then DeAndre Hopkins, like singularly, A.J. Green, you're like, eh, you know, I don't, okay. I don't care for my team yeah. already. But if you have AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins, they're like, okay, cool, okay. Really, you don't you don't care for a guy that was like the second in NFL history, or whatever, to have like a thousand yards in his first three or four seasons, whose offense should be stepping back up with John Ross yeah, there I think, now. No, I I love helping AJ open Green. things up. Healthy no, Tyler Eifert, healthy. Yeah, Bro. I love him. Joe Mixon in the backfield. You compare it to having David Johnson, and then you're kind of like anybody's like a little no, but I'm like it's he's still. I see good. what you're saying. But it's still, you're like, oh, yeah, I like okay. this. I like this I see start. What you're saying. Uh, Marlon Mack went to the Colts, 5'11", 215, ran a 4'5", 40. Sorry this, about your luck. He's got a 35-inch vertical per Lance Zerline. This was a quote from Lance Zerline. Quote, six of his 15 touchdowns this year at the University of South Florida went for 43-plus yards. Mack's not just a, uh, a high-level handcuff. I think he's a great guy to target in the later rounds. Yeah. We, I love Frank Gore to death, and, I, you know, all all hopes to him punching Father Time in the face for yeah. one more year. But but Father Time is undefeated. You know he's coming at some point. Yeah, and what was his yards per carry last year? Sub four for sure. Uh, I think it was around four. Um but the point is like this isn't this could be an explosive offense and Mac I think offers a little bit more as a receiver as well. Yeah he does and for he sure. could he could start earning a big role and if and if Frank Orr does ultimately lose that battle to Father Time, Mac's the kind of High upside late round draft pick that's like a league winner, like a like a Jordan Howard was last year. Guys, guys of that ilk where they might have a little bit of resistance to touches out of the gate in the season, but have just tremendous upside later. You would think that Marlon nice. Mack is a guy that I would absolutely love because he 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 is Uh-oh. such an explosive player. Stop. Here it comes. <clears throat> but uh, uh, having watched enough of of Marlon Mack play, he's not. He is a home run hitter. But he's also he also strikes out a lot, um, and he's not one of those guys that's going to be content 
uh, or is even I don't know I don't even know if it's in his DNA to just go get three yards or three and a half yards and and fall down right so he's always con- uh, constantly looking for that seam to to get upfield and and hit that home run unfortunately at the NFL level as we know that's not always available if the Colts offensively get frustrated by that I don't know um, that's why I think I think that he and Frank Gore will split a lot of touches this year I'm not excited about drafting either one I'll say that. Yeah, I, it, I was. Uh, it's depressed Gore's value for a little bit. Also, for the fact that he's going to be thirty. Also, that he's going to be old. <laughs> but uh, that's that's why I think Max a guy to just circle yep. in those later rounds, yep. and you might not get a lot of value out of him. Hell, you might have to cut him. But yeah. a lot there's a lot of these guys, and I think Mac is a good one, at least in this point in the offseason, to just kind of put right. a pin in for potential opportunity and stuff. And yeah, he's a home run hitter, but that's all we need in fantasy. It's true. If he if he runs twelve times into the line for one yard and rips off a sixty yard touchdown. You're right. Still a 13-point game right there. Tevin Coleman, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) All right, let's transition. By the way, do you not read the news? What's the news? Dude, the coaches of the Indianapolis Colts have been talking up Fergie. Josh Ferguson has more comfort going into his second year. Our friend Andrew Walker on Colts.com. Really, we're talking up. We're buying that in May. Josh Ferguson. We're buying that in May. Because he is amazing. Why would you buy that? Remember when when CJ Spiller was going to run until he puked? Exactly. No. Don't buy these. Don't live live in the past, man. I'm not buying the the Ferginess right now. Fergie. Sorry. Zero percent. Let's go to the wide receiver position. The U is for unique. (laughs) (laughs) You just wanted to bring in Josh Ferguson for that joke. That's no, it. That's I mean, that's it. No, I You're like so Josh Ferguson. No, not, he does like Josh Ferguson. He a, was all up on him last year. Fergie guy. Corey Davis. Dude, we get we goes get to Tennessee. Every, pack, every ESPN two game mm-hmm. on the West Coast, yes. those nine a.m. games. It's oh. always a, a terrible Big Ten. It's, it's a bad Big Ten team. It's like, like Indiana, hey, Indiana, Indiana or Iowa Iowa, Iowa, or North, Iowa. Northwestern. Iowa was fine last year. Yeah, Iowa was actually that was like one of their good ones. <laughs> yeah, it was one of their good ones. Okay, uh, wide receiver Corey Davis now goes to Tennessee. I, I'm I'm split on this, man. I, I don't know what to feel about this. You know, he's going to a situation where the quarterback Marcus Mariota still isn't fully recovered from a broken leg. Uh, it's a low volume passing attack. Yet he is clearly, I think, walks into a number one role. Um, I just don't know, you know, stats projection wise, kind of where to put him. I put him in that you know eight fifty, six or seven touchdown range. I, I don't know if that's being too conservative. What say you, Alex Gilhar? Eight. Wait, what was your projection? Eight fifty and about six or seven touchdowns. Yeah, I could maybe see him pushing a little higher than that. I feel like they they might not have thrown as much last year either because they just didn't have the weapons and a lot of the targets got diluted. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, you know, Kendall Wright had 42. He's yeah. gone. Harry Douglas had 22. Andre Johnson still had 22 targets oh, last year. Man. Yeah, buddy. So wow. You take you take a bunch of those and you split them up. Uh, it could be a, it could be a nice little trio here between Delaney Walker, Corey Davis, and Rashard Matthews. Yeah. He's I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to go out and put up maybe a top 20 fantasy season, but okay. strong wide receiver. Th- I think he and Rashard Matthews could both be in like the wide receiver three range this All year. All right, that's not bad. Yeah, I like that because the one thing that that the Titans needed is a number one receiver. And Richard Matthews was admirable last year. A great number stepping two. Up, but he's not a number one receiver. That's Corey right. Davis has that ability to be a top receiver. And when you have Delaney Walker there, you know, there's somebody you gotta you gotta keep an eye on. They're committed to the run game with DeMarco Murray. You got that opens it up a little bit as well. Marcus Mariota is gonna take another step forward. Uh, I understand he's coming back from a broken leg, but by the time that we get to training camp, that's all going to be for naught. Okay. And 
I like it. I, I think Corey Davis is definitely somebody to really take a – Will he be a guy that you reach for? Because I feel like come Probably. halftime, people are going to reach – uh, for Corey Davis, because especially, you know, you know, when the preseason games happen too, you know, he's going to have one blow up play, right? Where you're like, oh, oh yeah. my God, this guy's legit. And oh, I don't know. And I don't know if I'm buying this guy before the double digit rounds. OK, That's I don't know where I'll go. I mean, I'm sure somebody's going to get excited about him mm-hmm. and take him a little bit earlier than he probably should be. But of all the receivers and all the places that they went, he, yeah. he's probably the one I feel the most comfortable about. Okay. How about Mike Williams going to San Diego? What is, what's the impact there? Not only – well, we'll start with Mike Williams, MG. Uh, give me your take on, on some stats projections for Mike Williams. Where would you be comfortable taking him? I mean, I think Mike Williams is kind of a later-round pick just because there's so many guys there. So many guys. Now. I mean, I, I can see Mike Williams as maybe a you know, 7 to 750, give him you know, four or five touchdowns, something like that. I mean, it's decent, it, but considering they got to get the ball to Keenan Allen, who's back, Tyrell Williams is still there, with Dontrell Inman is still there, they still have the two tight ends of Gates and, and Hunter Henry. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon will catch the ball occasionally out of the backfield. I mean, there's so many mouths to feed there. Yeah. I think Mike Williams is a nice addition to the Chargers overall. It helps that offense. 100%. Um, it's just going to leave us really kind of grasping at straws to, to try. I mean, I think Keenan, Keenan Allen comes back as the number one receiver. You're pretty high on Mike Williams. I like wise. Mike Williams. No, I'm just looking at James here. Oh, Sorry, I think yes. of his top 100. Would you have him like wide receiver 39 or something, something like that? I'm not exactly sure where I put him. I know I'm high on him because I think about his skill set and how it just meshes perfectly with Phillip Rivers. I mean, people have said, oh, well, Tyrell Williams is still there. To me, I think Tyrell Williams is a guy that is going to fall by the wayside. I think it's going to be Mike Williams. The is gazelle? Gonna be- <laughs> You're just going to fall by the wayside? I mean, think about how he even got to that position anyways. He had to wait for a lot of injuries to that offense anyways uh, before he, he got his shot. And even when even then, I thought he was a good, not great player. I think Mike Williams is a great or could be a great player. So I just think about his skill set and what Philip Rivers likes to do, which is drop back and chuck it down there. Mike Williams is a guy that loves to run that nine route, go down there and try to go get it. I mean, I see a clear fit for him in the offense, and he's a, and to me, Mike Williams could absolutely not only push Tyrell Williams aside, but – I just love his clear-cut role in that offense. Mike Williams is really good at running slants and things as well, uh, which Phillip does like chucking. But as I think about it now, perhaps he's like uh, – he kind of fills what this offense has been lacking since Malcolm Floyd. Uh, right? I'm thinking of the right person? Malcolm yeah, Malcolm Floyd. Floyd yep. Years ago, you know, when they had Vincent Jackson Vincent and Malcolm Jackson Floyd, Floyd, the yeah. bigger-bodied, fast guy exactly. that could stretch the field, exactly. catch slants, and get extra yards. Maybe he fills in that kind of role because I think they kind of were hoping they kind of you know they used Tyrell in that way after everybody got injured. But <clears throat> I mean, Williams has the pedigree and we've seen him produce, so he he could step into a big role. But I just like Marcus think there's a lot of miles to feed and he might have an uphill battle to get consistent targets that we're able to rely on in fantasy. The most important be- thing, <clears throat> the most important thing though, is that this helps uh, Adam Ranks and I. Yeah, fool! Because we have Phillip Rivers. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Such a present pick. Yes. You know the thing, too, uh, not to be a D, but the, the Chargers always seem to have so many injuries yeah. to their receivers. Like, and it always just seems, injuries, period. I know. <laughs> I know. And it always, like, I, it's, it always seems like a good idea. Maybe to, now to, that they're not going to play on a baseball field. To though. stock up. That hasn't been a baseball I field know. in 100 years. All right. But it's and it's all by the they way. They play at the Murph, don't they? And I saw, yeah. Yeah, but they've taken the baseball field. They've taken that out. Padres play at Petco. Oh, okay. And I did see somebody's write up of the the Chargers thing and they were like there were rumors that Christian McCaffrey could have gone to 
full. I was the guy pushing. You couldn't give me credit as the rumor monger who was banging the table for Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. But it did. I didn't win on that one, but I still felt vindicated. Like they didn't draft defense. I told you they're going to go. It's true. It's very true. John Ross going to the Bengals. What does it mean for John Ross? Alex Gilhar. What does it mean uh, for AJ Green? Uh, I kind of like kind of like this pick. At, for, at first, I was like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then, as I thought about it, I'm like, well, this, I love it. This is exactly what this offense. Yeah. Is. They they need somebody who's dynamic after the catch, who can bolt, who can also stretch the field. That's what. Uh, it is. That's what it you is. know. Tyler Boyd is a fine player out of the slot, but like he's he's not going to be beating a lot of guys over the top. And mm-hmm. uh, Brandon LaFell is is getting up there now. He's not the, this kind of guy. So they went. They went and got somebody dynamic in this offense. I think that's what they added with both John Ross and Mixon. And I like the fit for A.J. Green. I like the fit for Tyler Eifert. It could yep. help open up some space there. And I like the fit for Andy Dalton. Like, that's true. Comeback all, season a little bit. Comeback season. Let's not forget Andy Dalton was like kind of on the path to being a very sneakily consistent fantasy starter before everything went wrong. Yeah, he completely <laughs> fell off <laughs> Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like this fit a lot. And I think Ross is going to be a guy to target a lot in best ball leagues because he's going to have that – Huge week winning upside if he catches a couple deep ones, but, but in standard redraft, probably not draftable, right? I think he could be a late round guy. Okay. I mean, I saw. I think I forget if it was Scott Kazma or somebody else was tweeting that like the number two receiver in like the Dalton AJ Green era has typically had about like eight to nine hundred yards and six touchdowns, which is you know tough to project week to week, but like that's not bad. That's why I think John Ross is worth at least a. A flyer because maybe if he improves on that being a number nine overall draft pick, uh, or just then you get you get the home run threat with him as well. So I like it. Cooper Cup going to the L.A. Rams. If there is a team in the NFL that has absolutely no idea what to do with wide receiver, it is the L.A. Rams. First, they give this offseason big time money to Robert Woods. I know MG, my guy, Marcus Graham, very happy with that. I mean, I'm happy for his pockets. I mean, it doesn't really do much for, for football. Why would you take Cooper Cup ahead of Chris Godwin in this position? Why would you do that? L.A. Rams. What y'all doing? L.A. Rams. <sighs> Why are you got a hand on Cooper Cup? I, I, just Chris Godwin oh God. is oh. sitting there Here's, waiting you know for you. Here's the thing, legit, waiting for you. I legit think Cooper Cup could see a ton of targets this year because oh. they will line him up in the slot because he's, he doesn't have the speed to play on the outside. So he no. will line up in the slot. Okay. He'll kind of be that underneath intermediate so guy. They're going to run three slots out there? Is that what he's, they're going to do? I don't understand. He's, he's bit, Robert Woods can play on the outside. Robert Woods can oh. play on the outside. Tavon Austin's going to run whatever. Right. And Austin will be the gadget guy. Um, <laughs> a $40 million gadget guy. He's got so a like, gadget guy, and they've got Robert Woods, who's a slot guy, and so, now they got Cooper Cup. So all those guy. times that Jared oh. Goff is under pressure – is like struggling to find somebody <laughs> downfield. He will sling it off to Cooper Cup, and he's I mean the dude. He's, he's the dude big can Julian get, Edelman. Like, right. He, he had. I was just reading. The his dude could legit get like 90, 95 targets. He had a great like three cone time. He's good in intermediate space, and like if that's why if you put him in the slot against slower coverage people, he'll be able to consistently get open and, yeah. just, and eat up there. He's like a Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman. I don't hate him as a prospect. I just hate him. <laughs> On this team, I just hate him. Period, oh, man. <laughs> That's going to be the clip. I don't hate him as a prospect. I just hate him. Stop. But they love dudes named Cooper, who have bad forty times. Do they? They let Pharaoh Cooper. Okay. Two years ago. <laughs> oh, oh okay. trends. It all comes. <laughs> trends. Oh, Chris Godwin would have been a perfect fit here. What do you? Well, they went and got uh, Josh. What are Reynolds. you guys doing? They went and got Reynolds later, which uh, is a nice pickup See? too. Oh man. Cooper Cup. Does he have any fantasy relevance? 
I think he will. It's a target monster. Like, of course yeah, because exactly. He'll be a target monster. He will be a target monster. I mean, also, for the record, Robert Woods played more out wide than he did in the slot last year for Buffalo. They rotated him around <coughs> quite a bit. And he was not good. He was fine. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? He's fine. What are you hating on Bobby Woods Bobby for? Woods is the GOAT. <laughs> All right, now let's not get crazy. The aforementioned Chris God, when he goes to Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston all of, an, all of a sudden now, man, they are loaded on offense. They've got Deshaun Jackson they signed in the offseason, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard at tight end, Chris Godwin on the outside as well. I mean, man, I, I love what Tampa Bay did offensively this year. Love it, yeah. I, I'm bummed for Adam Humphreys, but – R.I.P. Oh, Adam Humphreys. Yeah, you know, and they R.I.P. Bray Train. They got Jeremy McNichols too. That's not bad. They got a lot of they got a lot of good players, and if Doug Martin is motivated mm-hmm. to uh, you know hold back all the challengers, yes. this is this has the potential to be a really special team. And I know that I'm going to go trends here. Okay, so it's going to be an AFC or excuse me, an NFC South team in the Super Bowl. So it just well, figures to be the Buccaneers, of course. Team. And I love. I mean. Everybody was so hyper and happy over Marcus Mariota for for good reason. Yeah, he's a he's a nice young prospect. I was kind of sitting in the shadows and just figuring I was going to be taking Jameis Winston. Very excited about it, but it's all out in the open now. Yeah, like that game is over. Like everybody's yep. going to be looking at him in the drafts, and you can't help but be smitten with the way this offense is set up right now because you got the the fast guy, you got a you got a tight end. Oh, you added a tight end. You added another good receiver. I think. Oh, by the way, they still have Mike Evans. Yeah, I, but Mike Evans to me is uh, really good. By the way, <laughs> giving away all of them. By the way, we've had a little bit of uh, breaking news. B- no, we've had a little bit of uh, BSOHL with Doug Martin coming out of uh, Dirt Cutter and other he, people. Really, best shape of best his shape life. Of oh, okay, got it. It, a little bit. It was. It was like he's. This is the best I've ever seen him in an off-season program. Yeah, well, he's going like to mentally well, and physically. He's got to keep that up because he's suspended. Correct. Uh, he is for the so, first three weeks of the guys, season. Why do you guys hate good news? This is great news. I'm happy to hear he's in the best shape. <laughs> well, it's just off-season trope, as it, we discussed with Dan Hansen. It's also I don't believe in that. Well, he's also on the of every other year train. So this is the the other also year. a trend that you know we have I mean? to we have to follow. We got to follow that one. Um, I think though, uh, I don't think it's R.I.P. Cameron Bright because I remember reading somewhere after the draft that Cutter really likes uh, two tight ends as well. Oh yeah. And both OJ Howard and OJ Howard might be a better blocker in line than Cameron Brait actually, so they'll probably they might use them both and keep them around there. So I don't think it's it's RIP quite yet, but mm. we'll, we might have to watch this situation play out to see which guy takes the lead. And it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to get both those guys out there with Deshaun Jackson, with Mike Evans, and with Chris Godwin. They'll, just, they'll be multiple. They'll, right. They can. You, well, Godwin's gonna be more of the rotational player. You know, it'll he'll swap in with one of the tight ends or Humphreys and stuff. Okay, so uh, from what I'm hearing, you don't think Godwin is worth a is not going to be fantasy relevant come draft time? No, is it going to be? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I guess he anyone could be fantasy relevant by the end of the year. But what does it mean for Deshaun Jackson, Marcus Grant? Uh, I mean, I think Deshaun Jackson is going to be fine. He, yeah, he's he's still the same dude. I think he's the number two target behind Mike Evans. There, he's, okay, he's going to be just fine. He'll be the same Deshaun Jackson we're used to seeing everywhere else. All right, there you go. Uh, does it help open up the offense? Anyways, we know about James Winston. Does it help open up the offense? Adam Ray for Mike Evans. Absolutely. I, I think this is going to be great for him. He had a obviously a bounce-back year last season, but yeah. I think that that's just the start of it. He's yeah. going to surpass what he did last year. Okay. And uh, check out my rankings. Check out your rankings. This Friday. <laughs> All right. Or if you've if it's Saturday and you're just catching up on the podcast, go just find them. All right. There you go. See where I <laughs> NFL.com slash top 
200. All right, those were all of our fiery draft takes, but let's close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Give me daps, because I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up, daps abound, daps daps I got to say, guys, this was some pretty good content here. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, really. If, I, if, you're, if you're a fantasy enthusiast, I mean, come on. This conversation about the running backs and the wide receiver, uh, that, there's a lot to take in there, man. I, I was, uh, I'm happy with what we got out today. If you enjoyed it, please rate review the podcast on iTunes. Bingo. It helps us a lot. Thank you, sir. All right, let's start with the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin. What you got? Oh, starting with me. Okay, so the first thing I wanted to uh, – put on our radar is that I got a Kindle Fire recently. Okay. I had been uh I had a Nook, like one of the very, very original Nooks, hardly used it anymore. The it wasn't very couldn't really connect to Wi Fi, stuff like that. Um I, I'm a big like traditional reader. I like to have books. I like to feel the pages and stuff like that. But I was looking for something that I could more easily uh read the news on and, you know, maybe travel with and also could be a low-end, like, Netflix tool and stuff like that. So uh, I was researching, and I was like, I'll give the Kindle Fire a try. I've had it for a little over a week now. Really like it, because also I was trying to get out of the habit of watching Netflix to fall asleep to, because they say, like, the blue light from screens and stuff keeps you up. It's not as good for you when you're falling asleep. So I was like, like, well, if I have the Kindle, it'll be an easier way to read. And, like, busy during the day, I can catch up on news or read a book and stuff as I fall asleep. So I've been doing that lately. And it's great. The battery life is great. Wi-Fi and stuff looks great. I've got Twitter and what an endorsement. Uh, I know. Well, I've just I've really enjoyed it. So if you're an avid reader or like you want to be consuming more news nowadays with you know everything going on sure. in Washington and other things like that, think maybe about the Kindle Fire. It's great. Hey, so hey, Amazon. I'm just saying. Yeah, throw us some bones. Sponsor hey, it. Hey, listen, we're taking sponsors. And then the other thing I wanted to give a daily dap to was this video a friend from college sent me. Apparently, he and a couple other guys loved it in college, but I never saw it. It's called Guy on a Buffalo. Guy they, on a Buffalo. I think it was like footage from some old movie or some old like documentary or something, but it's legitimately a, a guy riding a buffalo in the wilderness, and somebody just sings a song and kind of narrates it, telling the story, and they've cut it up. Uh, there's three episodes. I watched the first two. Wait, today. wait, wait. Hold on. Now, there's multiple episodes? Yeah, there's Guy in a Buffalo, episode one, <laughs> in parentheses, bears, comma, Indians, and such. Okay. Episode two is right. Guy is guy in a Buffalo. Hold on. i got to pull it up now. I was like, oh title. Guy in a Buffalo. Uh, it's where did it go? Where's episode two? Oh no, I lost it. But it's like an orphan, cougars, and other stuff. So unbelievable! It's it's I I laughed probably more than I should have at it. But go go check out Guy in a Buffalo and get a Kindle Fire. All right, MG, my guy Marcus Grant. Uh, my daily tips goes out to like all you guys. Like I'm officially old now, but uh, I got a lot of love. You uh, just turned 25. What you talking about? Oh about? yeah, my bad. Forgot. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. It slipped my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forever I'm, 25. Because yeah. I'm old. Um, <laughs> because I'm old. But uh, yeah, no. I just I felt a lot of love uh, a couple days ago. So uh, thanks to everybody who sent out good wishes and and the like. And uh, yeah, I, I I will continue being old. Oh, he will be championing. Can, can, by the way, he'll be championing uh, Bunny Twitter now. He is. Yes. <laughs> he is the CEO of Bunny Twitter. So. Got to start that up. Uh, now, that, now that Matt Harmon has uh, ditched his platform as the president of Brussels Sprouts Twitter. That's right. Which yeah. is good for all of us. I want to throw in one more. I forgot. Uh, super nerdy. Over the weekend, uh, uh, OG won the Kiev Major for Dota 2, and they have now won four of the major tournaments uh, since they formed up, I think, in 2015. So they probably have their eyes on the prize for the big one in August. But it was cool. Uh, I think they said over a million people uh, via various streams watched the final matchup between man. OG Esports. and the team. It's blowing up, man. It's like I. That's why I've been. I want to mention it stuff too because it's just. It's really cool and it's fascinating to watch it 
grow and the production value and people consume it and stuff. It's if like, only we had a show on NFL Network that catered to esports. Mm. Hmm. Man. Mm. If only. Mm. Perhaps mm. hosted by our one Adam Rank. Oh. Mm. That seems like it would be a good fit. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, Shadowy League figures, you should. W- oh wait. Oh uh, wait. <laughs> oh man, that's also real. We've got we've got Dylan Let's Miller go. back here oh, behind the glass, hey, shaking his head that's too. That's right. He was, here we go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's First go to the comedy store and find a comic that nobody's heard of. And put them out on this show. <laughs> Dylan's, Dylan's wailing too soon behind the glass over here now. <laughs> Adam Rank, what's I miss, up? I miss it. You know what? Yeah. I uh, I just got a new game. I got that. I finally <laughs> uh, got my own version of Battlefront. I'm ready to play video games again because I was oh, so really? scarred. Okay. So scarred that I did not play. I've not played a lot of video games. Okay. So sometimes let's, when you have a traumatic incident like that, you have you to, have to, step you have to take a step back. Sure. So, uh, and if not, then I'm going to switch to FIFA. Okay. And I'm going to become a FIFA aficionado. And okay. I'm going to go to some other network yeah. and do a FIFA show. Are you doing Whatever. another, say, another we'll football show? We'll see it on BN. You know, yeah. great. Yeah, BN. There you go. <laughs> um, but I know we had a lot of great content in here, so I'll keep this to five. Uh, including our extensive <laughs> ATN power rankings. But I'll be short. Uh, I want to give a daily dab to Melvin Gordon for acknowledging mm-hmm. that people were not high on him because Wisconsin running backs, am I right? Am I right? Yep. He realized, like, there was a stigma. Mm. And uh, I'm still not moving you up in my rankings. I want to see another I want to see another fine year out of you before that. But I do appreciate him acknowledging that. Good. Uh, I want to give a daily dap to Stephen Colbert. Okay. Uh, Whether you agree with his politics or not, I think that somebody who's out there speaking their mind, it is very funny. Like, especially for, like, a late-night talk show host. Like, it's usually very, um, not stoic, but, like, the stuff he was, like, he really, like, felt passionate and just that, just... The embracing everything that was going on. That was that was tremendous to see. So I really, as somebody who enjoys comedy, I, I enjoyed that. And on the other side, too, a uh, daily dab for Jimmy Kimmel and for talking about the experience that he had yeah, with wow. his son. That was really uh, powerful. So great. And it, and it just shows you one of the great things about comedy is that you have both the hilarity and then have something truly touching. And so uh, to see both those guys out there hitting home runs and uh, keeping that uh, – the genre is still going. I appreciated it for both of them. Uh, I do want to give a daily dap to Disneyland for the decision to bring back the Main Street Electrical. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's really been. Did I, that go away? It yeah, went away years. for a long for a time. Long time. A long time. Really? And I had never, until this year, I had never seen it. And I worked. Huh? Really? I, I worked at Disneyland. Well, because when we were kids. And it was time for the main. You'd have to. Oh, go you'd home. run to Thunder Mountain. Oh, you'd run to Space. Oh, yeah, it opens up all the big yeah. rides. That's true. And, and, going and, and they've had vi- different parades, James, but not the electric electric Main Street Electrical yeah, okay. Parade. It's back, and they extended it. So I sure. encourage anybody who has not seen it to go to go uh, view that. And you know what's funny is uh, recently, my wife and I were there with our daughter Ahsoka Tano Rank, and <laughs> I had sworn sworn yes. before we had children as like, first of all, they need to get rid of strollers at Disneyland. And I, I'm sure they, they have the metrics and they have the analytics. They know when their deadest day is. Yeah. Find that day uh-huh. and declare it no stroller day. I see. Or make it 21 and over. And it, it would be the most popular day of the year. Could you imagine It'd be lit. going to Disneyland adults only or yeah. with no strollers? Sure. It would be the greatest day in the history of anything. But – the other day, and then we also were like, I hate people that, you know, wear coordinating outfits. 
Like, we'll never do that. And then the other day, we're walking down Main Street, and I looked, and uh, there's my wife, yeah. Rosie McGee, yeah. me, a Minnie Mouse shirt, Mickey Mouse shirt on me. <laughs> Ahsoka's wearing, Ahsoka's wearing a Little Mermaid shirt in a stroller, and I'm like, God damn it! Like that, I told, I said I was never gonna do this, and I am now that guy. So uh, but that thank wasn't you. as bad as like, uh, like dad, mom, and baby. Like when you have, you You're see right. the, when you see like the seven member families, and they've right. all got like their name or nickname on their shirt and stuff, and, and it's the, all it's all the dwarfs or something. Yeah, I'm like I'm like I see what you're going for, guys, but like just just be you instead. Like, oh my god, yeah. So shirt? it isn't that bad, but still bad enough. I never thought I would be there, but congratulations. Did you, you take did. a picture? No, I'll do that next. Oh, I'll do it. Believe me, there'll be plenty more opportunities because okay. we're. You know, well, you are the mayor annual, of OC. Annual pass holders. Okay. ADPs? ADP? I think that is. They give you a sticker, and I guess like it's worth... Maybe APH? It sounds like APH. A- yeah, whatever. Sure. <laughs> whatever. Uh, AD- now, ADP is what we use at the office. Average draft like, position. Yeah, well, and ADP. Like for our, t- our time. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, there's true. That too, yeah. Uh, so let's rank these uh, ATMs. <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's do it. Now, let's listen, go. And this is uh, not to besmirch anybody because we love them all, but there can be only one favorite. I like, agree. It's like ranking the Star Wars Let's go. Uh, my number four. Number four. Chris Wessling. Chris Wessling. Wow, what an I, achievement. I love him. Yes. And uh, But if you're going to nitpick, tone it down a little bit. Okay. It's now becoming an act. Like, come on. just That's that's rich coming from you. You know, <laughs> I almost, you know. <laughs> Do we have a shotgun set? Pot, pot, my God. Kettle? What? Oh, my God. No, no, no. Wow. Because anybody who spends time with me knows I'm this annoying. All the time. 24-7. <laughs> this is why nobody hangs out with okay. me, why I have no friends, right. why thankfully I have a daughter who puts up with me. Good. Uh, we're going to go number three, Dan Hans-Zuss. Hans-Zuss. Zuss. Yes. The Zusser. The Zusser. <laughs> uh, just for the fact that he said Zusser. I mean, he, you know. Listen, Theisman at one point had to say, you know what? I know our family tradition is Theisman, yeah. but I got to go Theisman right. for my career. Sure. Listen, when you're, when you're, you know, home. Yeah. And you're hanging out in Stanton Island or wherever you're from. Yeah. You can be Dan Hans us. Yeah. But, but you're here? the Zeuser here. The Zeuser here. You're the Zeuser here. I mean, here. can you blame me for calling him Dan Hanzus? No. Because he calls himself the Zeuser. Right. So that knocks him down to number three. Okay. Fair uh, enough. So I guess I should just jump to number one because number two will be a dead giveaway. Yeah, sure. So we've got to do it like a beauty pageant. Mm. Uh, do we need like a drum roll here? Can we do should a we drum like roll? A, I don't have a sound, yeah. but. Uh... The number one. Top of the board, ATN Power Rankings winner this week, Mark Sessler. Oh, the football poet. He is such a delightful young man, and I've always been a a big fan of Mark Sessler, and, of course, the Belichick letters is probably one of the greatest things that's ever been produced in this office, written-wise. I I like that he's an earnest kid. He was here wearing a Superman shirt earlier, and – Kid, is Sessler like almost as old as you? I think he's older than me, but it doesn't matter. Um, but he's also a football person, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have to do the I don't know anything else about sports shtick that a lot of uh, maybe his contemporaries into. Who is this Darth Vader person? I've never heard of him. <laughs> You're a dork if you play fan- all, half of those guys. Got their starts writing about fantasy football, but now hate it, mm. uh, which I don't know. It, it's like, look. 
we're still analyzing the game. Yeah. Sorry if I have a different view on it. It doesn't make me a fan. Of, well, I guess it does. Uh, but now, and I guess we should also mention that Greg Rosenthal would be number two. Nice. He's our if Mark Sessler is unable to fulfill his duties mm-hmm. as the top ranked, Greg can easily slide in. Slide into Easy. that. I I think Greg is is sneakily mm-hmm. one of the most underrated personalities we have here at the uh, NFL Media Group. Yes, and I don't think he gets enough. He he doesn't get enough credit as evidenced by him coming in second. In this poll. <laughs> wow, that was a wow. lot. I hope the ATN guys cut this out. They won't even notice. They'll never listen. They'll oh, never true. hear. And don't any, I swear to great. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. No, I swear to great Caesar's ghost himself. Uh-huh. Do not let them know. I see. Someone will It'll twi- go on. I, someone will Twitter tattle on Somebody you. on Twitter, do not tell them. You have to let them find it organically. And that person that finds right. it organically will get a six-month run at number one. <laughs> so that means none of them will get it. Right. No, I think Mark Sessler will absolutely go back. He'll, he'll listen to his part and then bounce. And then bounce. It's like me every time I'm on a podcast. Like I come in, I listen to me. And but, I but very quickly you notes. said well, you're going to have some rankings. That was it. Yeah. I, no, but I'm saying very quickly after he left. I think, I think he was out the door. If he sticks around for 30 seconds past his spot. He might not even make it that Yeah, that's true. He might not might even not make it through his own far. spot. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I will give uh, daily daps and undaps to the trailer that I just saw yesterday for uh, Back to the Future 4. Mm. It's a fan-made trailer, and I didn't realize it when I was watching it. Both for Big <laughs> It's a great trailer. It is a tremendous trailer, and I legitimately thought they were making that movie. And when I Googled it, I found out that I'm an idiot. <laughs> really, James, you would really want to see a Back to the Future 4. Why not? No. Bro, we're on. Okay, okay, hold up. Don't you judge me. You guys over here watching Fast and the Furious 29 or whatever the hell movie it just came out. That's different. Why would. <laughs> that's totally different. One. Come on. One. Why? Come on. They didn't wait a decade to make another sequel. Uh, Let's start there. I would be. I would be 100% on Also, whatever. No, like, no movie in the Fast series is as good as any movie in Back to the Future. And they keep sailing into that. They keep going more and more ridiculous. It's pure entertainment. Oh, God. Leave Back to the Future how it is. You Leave guys. Indiana Jones how it is. He had a last crusade. <clears throat> that was it. No, nobody can tell me otherwise. Okay. That's, that's it. That's what about the doing. aliens, bro? What aliens? <laughs> there were there were there were two of those movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. Um, I will also undap myself because uh, after swearing off Game of Thrones, now I'm back in. Yes. <sighs> Wait. So are you catching up now? Yes, I'm catching up now. <laughs> Such a sellout. Do you start back with the Red Wedding again and like? Yeah, work from there? worked from there. Now I'm uh, now I'm into season six. Attaboy. Uh, so pathetic. Attaboy. <laughs> I'm so pathetic. Attaboy. <laughs> All right, so there you go. That's the show for Adam Rank, the Fantasy Maverick, MG Mike, Kai Marcus Grant, the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin, Mark Sessler, the football poet, joining the program, and our live studio audience, Dylan Milner, in the building. He stuck it out. That was crazy. I'm James Coe. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.